Friends, it's great to be back. Hosting wasn't that special. 50 years of SNL. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being alongside for this journey through 50 seasons of Saturday Night Live. My name is Scott Bertram. Find me on Twitter at Scott Bertram. Christian Schneider is my co-host. He's on Twitter at Schneider underscore CM. Christian, welcome in. How are you? I am good, and there is no reason for anybody to be afraid of our bulges. So (laughs) (laughs) this is exciting. So many people are listening to our show now. It's great. We love you all. That's right. And you can join us uh, over at wasn'tthatspecial.com. You can join us on a monthly basis. You can save some money by joining us on an annual basis. Or you can upgrade and be an executive producer and get access to all sorts of material that we don't cover during the show because we've ran out of time. You get access to all sorts of our research materials that we used in preparation for the show. You will be able to vote in our series ending awards for executive producers only who have votes. And we're constantly thinking of new and better ways, in fact, one idea tonight, to reward our executive producers. So check it all out at wasn'tthatspecial.com. You can hear now every episode we've done so far, season one, season two, season three, now season four, the introductory episode, all at wasn'tthatspecial.com. Find us on Twitter as well, or X, at 50 years of SNL, five zero years of SNL. We approach season four, the last true season with most of the original cast intact. And we'll hammer that in just a moment, but something happened. I actually asked Christian off the cuff a while ago, because as you begin season four, it doesn't start really strong. And I said, what do these guys do during the summer? And in this particular case, we have an answer, thanks to a special. (laughs) Yes, uh, a special that ran before the season started. Um, It was written by Don Novello, who everybody will know as Father Guido Sarducci, but also a writer on the show. And it was called What We Did During the Summer. And so they filmed it during the summer, and it was a special uh, that ran on NBC to get get people ready. And uh, it's a few vignettes. There's a, there's a vignette of uh, uh, Gilda, who gives a tour of her apartment to paying customers. Kind of looks improvised as if it's not her apartment and she's just making things up. Uh, There's a Blues Brothers segment in there where we'll be talking about them a little bit later. Bill Murray tries to try out for a minor league team and he's wearing a Yankees hat, which is, uh, I I know it's probably going to offend uh, his Chicago fans. Uh, We're big in Chicago, by the way. Garrett Morris gets a job uh, posing for lawn jockeys. There was a a time in America where people had (laughs) these lawn jockeys. Uh, You can... Probably see one in 16 Candles. That's the first one time I saw one. <laughs> and there's this really weird uh, Lorraine Newman dream sequence about uh, being afraid of being in Tahiti. And uh, it's just kind of trippy and dreamy and stars a very, very young Paul Rubens. A moment of silence for Paul Rubens. Right, absolutely. He He was working on another show at the time and... Lorraine, who had been in the groundlings with him, convinced him to come out to Tahiti and do this little vignette for him for the special. And he literally, from from the director, the producer of the show he was on, literally gave him, you'll never work in this in this business again speech. <laughs> and uh, so how did that turn out? But yeah, he's uh, he's in there. Uh, unfortunately, he plays a Nazi soldier at some, some point, but he's... 
it's just like a dreamy, trippy type of thing. But anyway, that ran. And then we get up to season four. Yeah, we'll start each episode as best we can to review cast changes and writing room changes because both are very important. Now, early on here, cast changes, not too many. Chevy Chase, he's gone a few years ago. Since then, nothing. And nothing changes for season four. However, in the writing room, there are some changes. Michael O'Donoghue is out as head writer, though he does make an appearance late this season, but he is not on the writing crew anymore. He and Lauren had a uh, a bit of a falling out at the end of season three. Although again, how bad could it be if he's back at the end of season four? So Michael O'Donoghue, Mr. Mike, his, his bedtime stories, least love bedtime stories, uh, no longer part of the program. And also uh, Marilyn Suzanne Miller exits after season three. So she is not part of the writing room for season four, who is part of the writer's room. Well, they added Novello, they added Brian Doyle, Murray at the begin in the middle of season three, those guys remain. New names, Walter Williams. That name might not mean much to you now, but it will in a bit when we talk about Mr. Bill. And the other name that pops up about halfway through the year is Brian McConaughey. And I looked through a couple books and I looked through a few things, and I gotta tell you, I didn't find a whole lot out about Brian McConaughey. So he was there, as best we can tell. He had his name in the credits. I can't point to anything specifically that he was responsible for during the course of the season. So that is where we start this season four of SNL. And the wasn't that special breakdown begins with Christian. What on paper should be a dynamite first show. This white heat, red hot late night show, which averages a 39 share. During season four, some shows were higher in the 40s, some lower, but averages a 39 share partnered up with the world's greatest rock and roll band, the Rolling Stones, as host and musical guest. Christian, this show can't miss. Scott, I'm here to tell you that this show missed <laughs> <laughs> and missed by a wide margin. It is it is not a good show. And, you know, we it feels like now season after season, we ask ourselves, what were these guys doing during the summer? And the answer is always not writing. Uh, I don't know how late they figured out that the Rolling Stones were going to be on the show, but uh, there is not enough material on here to justify them being on the show. Um, you know, maybe they just thought the name recognition alone was going to be enough, but uh, it certainly was not. They, it was a, it was a week in which you had, you know, two heavyweights, looking at each other eye to eye and trying to figure out which one would triumph, right? This, again, this white, hot, late night show, the biggest rock and roll band in the world. Who, who's the bigger draw? Who's the, who's the bigger gorilla in the room? Is it SNL and they're not ready for primetime players, which by the way was dropped before the end of the season, or the Rolling Stones? And it turns out that uh, it was like, what, the SNL by uh, technical knockout or something. It was just the Stones the stones didn't really show up. Part of it was they had spent the week partying. They had spent the week going out. They had just run out of energy by Saturday. Keith Richards was scheduled to be in two sketches in this episode one. Both were cut because no one trusted him to do anything they asked him to do. Mick Jagger's voice is blown. He first appears in a sketch with Tom Snyder, a tomorrow sketch with Tom Snyder. And you can tell right away, ooh, Mick's voice is not good. He seems hoarse, and he is. And then when they get to play their songs, they play Beast of Burden, they play Respectable, they play Shattered. Mick's voice is just gone. Too much rehearsing, too much partying. They peak too soon during the week. 
The SNL cast knows what it's like to try to party and then perform on Saturday. They found ways to do it. The Stones, for whatever reason, couldn't do it in this episode one. And again, for me, and I think for you too, a pretty massive disappointment because the Stones just weren't the Stones during this episode one of season four. Yeah, I mean, the highlights of this show were kind of the old standbys. They bring by uh, the nerds again, although (laughs) this time they have a guest, which is uh, Dan Aykroyd as a repairman. And, you know, he has a repairman's crack as he fixes the refrigerator. (laughs) That's one when people think about, you know, the early years of SNL. That's that's definitely one that they think of. And uh, let's see, they bring back Olympia Cafe or Olympia Restaurants. Wood and Watts are customers in there, but it it just kind of dies. It's not uh, it's not really a good sketch anymore. And uh, yeah, so front to back, not a not a great start. Yeah, we don't want to go episode by episode, but that one was big enough that <laughs> we probably should spend a minute or two on it. But it's not as if things get better immediately after that Stones episode. There are a couple of subpar episodes to start the season, which has been a trend thus far through SNL seasons. Fred Willard, who should be a perfect host, does his best, but it's not a great show. Frank Zappa, who cast members would tell you is one of the worst hosts in the show's history, at least in these early you know, five years with the original cast. A Zappa show is pretty bad. And so, again, you got to stumble out of the gates despite having a massive audience. Yeah, Zappa was really un- unpopular with the, the cast because unbeknownst to me, I didn't even know this. He's he's a teetotaler. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, no drugs, no drinking. And that did not go over well with the SNL writers and, uh, and performers. And then as he did the show, he suddenly turned into Dean Martin and started mugging for the camera and when he was reading his lines off a cue card, he would look directly at the cue card and make a point of of reading off the cue card, uh, of making it sound like he's reading off the cue card. So it was, you know, I'm too cool for this and I'm kind of making a mockery of the whole thing. And uh, Lauren hated him and pretty much everybody, everybody hated him. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you expect out of a Frank Zappa episode. Well, they did, when he was the musical guest the first time, he was very, very good. He was not very, very good in episode three. And who is there to save the day once again? <laughs> once again, let's see. He's like the the Mariano Rivera of SNL. He's he's there to close it down uh, when they need it. And it's Steve Martin. And the episode four is a really good one. And then they follow that up with Buck Henry and Carrie Fisher. And then uh, Walter Matthau shows up. And I think that's a pretty bad episode. Though I think Matthau is pretty good as a host. I, I don't think it's bad because of Matthau, at least in my opinion. I, I, I thought he was fine as a host. The material wasn't all that strong. Yeah, I feel like he was kind of sleepwalking through the whole thing. Like, I, he, I don't think he really gave it his all. Um, there's, a, there's a decent sketch in there about masturbation. <laughs> a very long one where uh, the bees With are... The bees, are yes. uh, then after that, they start bringing in the ringers. And we've talked about this before that, you know, Lauren at some point wanted there to be a rotating hat cast of hosts. And he almost has that at this point because he brings in uh, Eric Idle and Michael Palin and Elliot Gould. They're not great episodes, but at least they're a little bit more familiar. And uh, one thing that we noticed during this, t- this time is that the show becomes extremely man heavy. I mean, the women almost almost disappear on the show other than Jane Curtin, who hosts 
weekend update every week. But, uh, you know, Gilda Rag- Radner has her occasional banger, but for the most part, the men soak up all the, uh, all the important roles. Yeah. I, I don't want to spend too much time on this yet, but there's a lot of competing interests among the casts starting in season four. And I think that's one of the reasons why it ends up being the way it is through the year. And among the women here, Lorraine, whatever confidence I attributed to her in season three is, is gone, gone mm-hmm. throughout season yeah. four. Um, Jane is very happy to do weekend update and focus on weekend update and not fight for airtime. She knew she was doing update every week. She was happy with that and didn't necessarily push for, for sketches or push for roles elsewhere. And, and Gilda did the best she could, but Gilda was also now a star and Gilda had offers to do NBC primetime shows. Gilda had a comedy album. They were developing Gilda live through parts of season four. You had cast members beginning to be pulled in different directions and the uh, old reliables among the men are the ones who step up. But that doesn't mean the women on the cast, particularly Gilda Radner, still weren't capable of excellent performances and making us laugh. And that's what we're going to talk about next on Wasn't That Special. But you've got to join us if you want to hear the rest of this episode. Yep. Go to www.wasn'tthatspecial.com. Do you still say the WWW on the internet no, anymore? You know, I, I teach a little bit here, Christian, and I always tell the students, you can leave those W's <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. Go to wasn'tthatspecial.com and uh, join us and sign up. Uh, you can do so at several different levels, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, obviously, the, the the higher level you join, the more benefits that you get. And we work hard on those extra benefits. So they're definitely worth uh, worth the cost. So yeah, make sure you join us and you will be able to hear this, the rest of this podcast, which is actually a really good one, in my opinion, and uh, much, much more. And we're just getting into interesting times. Season five, of course, has no Ackroyd, no Belushi. That's coming next. Then, the uh, uh, if nothing else, the stories from the first post-Lord Michaels era will be worth the cost of admission alone. Eddie Murphy blooms. Lorne comes back. There are just endless, interesting, entertaining stories and our opinions coming in the future on this old program. So we invite you once again to join us. Wasn't that special.com. Join monthly, join annually, save a bit, or join at the executive producer level. And also, you have the opportunity starting next episode, to tell us what to talk about. Now, we can't do everything probably, but we're going to ask our executive producers, hey, this particular season, what do you want to hear us discuss in the course of that episode? That's for our executive producers, plus voting privileges at the very end. We'll do our series ending awards. Our executive producers vote in those as well. Join us, wasn'tthatspecial.com. Find us on X, on Twitter, at 50 years of SNL, five zero years of SNL. I should also add that uh, if you do listen to this on Apple Podcasts, please go and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us our uh, uh, however many stars that you think we deserve, uh, which will help us out and get the word out. Okay, but really, we want them to do that only if they're going to leave good reviews, right? <laughs> right. I mean, if we're yeah, being, if you hate, if we're being if you totally honest. And <laughs> you hate the podcast, then... Uh, Yeah, maybe turn the computer off. But we do want you all to come with us on this journey, (laughs) on this project. So join us at wasn'tthatspecial.com. 